Houston, Annapolis Center, do you have any test operation to restrict area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra-bright, and really moving. Right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. We have a real gang with us tonight, so let me introduce the members of the gang, uh, a.k.a. the Posse. First of all, girls, get ready. Sit yourself down. Get your fit. You missed boy. I almost said, almost said get your fister. Mm. Hang on. <laughs> wow, we. Get your mister, get your big box of Kleenex, get your fan, get your big box of wipes, and your squeegee. Because the very famous one-one is here. Funny. Hello, Mac. Hello, everybody. Hello, girls, especially. Welcome mm-hmm. aboard. Welcome to the show. It's going to be awesome tonight. Mm-hmm. Stay with us. You're going to hinge on every word of this show. Interesting. Okay. What do you have, a Cleveland Indians hat on? What are you wearing? <laughs> oh, it's a Rolling Stones hat. Okay. Cleveland Indians hat. I don't hat. know. I just came out with a little... Uh, also, yeah, like Chief Chief Wahoo's logo. On that's that, right? yeah. I think they retired him. Um, up there in Maine, in his uh, compound, formerly a bunker, they know him on the street as Coco, but we know him as Commander Cobra. She's as always, Mac. Thank you. It's a pleasure to join the formation. Get on the wing. Mm-hmm. Okay, the chicken wing. Yellow that's usually, where you say chicken wing yes. or one of your other patented uh, moves there, brother. Laughs. I think you're supposed to slip that right in. Okay. <laughs> All right. How about a new hand signals? You're leading the formation. Oh, giving me the kiss off. I got it. Okay. With a radio, or a radio show, it. hand signals. And... Uh, also, <clears throat> going sideways on the totem pole, or maybe, ver- I don't know whether it is, where it is. He's up there, national correspondent. He's up in Battle Creek, Michigan, Switchblade Steve Ward, Switch. Uh, great to be here sideways. So, yeah, sideways on the totem pole. Is that embarrassing? Is that. Uh... Sideways, switch, switch, sideways, mm-hmm. sideways, switch. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't bother you, Switch. You just as long as you're on the pole, you're okay. No, I I uh, I just go with the script. Oh, go with the script. Okay, someday someone should send Richie, me the you script. Good. You look well groomed tonight. He's very well groomed, doesn't he? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. What's new his hair is part of the same. His, his What's wrong? Part the same way I saw it the last time. But uh, he has been very circumspect. And interesting. Me, okay. You know, connect with him offline, off shows. So. Yeah. Also, yeah, he got it vacuumed. Also, that voice you hear is our security chief, Willie Club. Willie, how you doing? It's good to be here horizontally. Yes. Hi, folks. <laughs> man, uh, the man that knows all the intimate details, MMMX. Mm. Think of that. Okay. Uh, everything good with you there, Willie? Everything's excellent, thanks. Excellent. Okay. You're all moved in, et cetera, et cetera. All moved in. Red Sox are winning. Mm. Yep. Patriots are winning, kind of. Wild card, baby. Well, wow, we wild card. You know, in July the they were going to run away with the, the World Series. Do realistically, have a chance? Yeah. No. Right no. now. No, they don't. Right now they do. No, they I don't. wouldn't put Are any money on them. I wouldn't put any kind of money on them. They're terrible. Also, 
let's get off of baseball for these for the two beauties who are joining the beast. First of all, is our favorite good witch up there in upstate New York. Raven is here. Raven, how are you? Hey, my friends. I'm so good. How are you? Good. Got We're a bun. Well, Raven. Single bun yeah, tonight. Got the one bun. Yeah, she got the headset bun tonight. The headset mm-hmm. control bun. The headset control the headset bun. Roll, yeah, it doesn't roll back off the back of her head. The like H- it, HCB. A weeks back on that show. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that was that was almost a disaster. FCC was getting ready to roll in on this when they heard about that. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen to that show. I don't remember any of that. Uh, also making a uh, – I'm saving the best to last and the – Second best, the second last. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Better, I don't know what to say. Well, yeah, you better. You better. You better time that right. Number two and number one. In the uh, wow, and then making a special appearance in the studio with us is uh, UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Al, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Mac. Hello, mm-hmm. everyone. How's everyone doing? Everyone looks good, Pretty right? Good. Excellent, excellent. They're all mainlining. Hey, Al, good to hear. Al, are UFOs uh, metric or American? They're metric. They're metric. They're, they're metric. They're okay. international. Yes. Yes. So sure. yes, that are to I'd stick like to, to the. I'd like to put that into dispute. Yeah, well, let me introduce the second beauty then with us. Okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, Al. I guess you were the second beauty. Yeah. I mean, the third beauty, <laughs> making another rare appearance for us. Um, I think I just heard Bob the ghost on the door. Did you hear someone knocking at the door? No. Mm, okay. No. Must have been you putting your Budweiser. I mean, your Coke can down. Uh, is uh, Lois Lane is with us? Hello, Lois. Hey. Hi. Is it? Yes. Hey. Lois Lane, yes. parents doesn't get any applause well, anymore. All right, let's. What's going on here? Okay, great. Is that like three well, No one else got applause. Okay. Now you had those uh, glasses on. Put those glasses back on there for a second. Let's see what's going He's on. He's one of the unsung heroes Ooh. in this world right now. Mm, okay. The glasses uh, lend that little bit of a. Good luck. It's good luck. It's absolutely good luck. So we're all here tonight, and uh, what we're going to be doing later on, we're going to be talking to our friend uh, Bishop Ron Fell. Entright, he's a um, bishop out in uh, Catholic bishop out in L.A. He's uh, an expert on a number of things having to do with uh, religion and the paranormal. He's uh, somebody who has taken uh, part in a number of exorcisms, uh, and we're also going to be talking to him a little bit about um, the Marian apparitions, which we did a show on about a month ago that lots of people love. This is when um, somebody who is... uh, um, you know, called the Blessed Virgin Mary, the the Mother of Christ, who appears to people. It's been happening over the centuries. It's happened at Lourdes. It happened in Fatima. And we were talking about how it happened in Egypt in the 80s. And they have a film of it. It's very creepy, uh, odd, let's say. we can be talking to him about that as well. Uh, also, well, we got a few other things planned. But before we get to them, I just want to ask, uh, Al and I were talking off here the other day. And we found out about this place called the National Quiet Zone. And I couldn't believe that there was a place in this country that they actually don't let you play radios, have any kind of radio communications, whatever. It's down in West Virginia, right? Yes, it borders uh, West Virginia, Virginia, and a touch in the corner of Maryland. And it, it actually occupies 13,000 miles. Wow. wow. Square miles. Square miles, yeah. Huh? And it, 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 it ends up taking in uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains, I believe, and some mm-hmm. of the Blue Ridge Mountains and some of the Allegheny. Part of it. Mm-hmm. Sure does. And there's two main things that go on there, one of them being uh, an observatory, a radio observatory, where they, they have one of the biggest uh, telescopes. It's 2.3-acre. Uh, a radio telescope? radio telescope. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and, wow. and I guess you can sign up and... If they find your submission worthy, they'll they'll let you come in and, and use it. And the use thing. it, yeah, yeah. Oh, we should do that. And then the other part of it is nearby. There's a uh, U.S. Navy listening post. Oh, right. Yes, right. Yeah. And that 
intercepts every communication coming to this country from, I guess, Europe. Wow. I thought it was a place where they just wanted everyone to be quiet, but there's more kind of nefarious <laughs> things going on, right? They have uh, secret stuff there. Yeah, and... there's a lot of stuff going on there. But, mm-hmm. but some of the restrictions that I was reading about, I mean, if you live in Zone 1 near that radio telescope, you can't, you can't even have a microwave oven on the premises. Really? Yeah. Right. And you can't have a digital camera. You can have a, a regular film camera, but mm-hmm. you can't have digital. And there's no gasoline-powered vehicles allowed. You have to have diesel. Because of the the, op, the, uh, ignition no, systems. Quiet. the ignition systems, the ignition systems are electronic. Oh. Yeah. Up the uh, gasoline Do a lot of people live? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's a lot of forest land. Yeah, it's like a lot. Know. It's a pretty desolate area. But people do move there to get away from radio. You know, if they're <laughs> get away if they're, from everything, yeah, if they're hypersensitive to radio waves, yep. they they move into that area. Wow. So they can take off their tin foil hats. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, that hypersensitivity is a real thing. I've visited some customers that said, "Look, can you?" Make sure that the Wi-Fi is disabled on my route, my router, yep. or Comcast gateway, or what have you. Yeah, because you can't have Wi-Fi there. It's amazing. Wow. You can, cell phones are very, very limited. What happens if they if if they catch you? They shoot you. They don't have um, legal authority to do a lot, but mm-hmm. they can send the feds in, and the feds will fine you some amount. Right. right yeah. But if you have even like radio stations have to have very directional antennas mm-hmm. to keep it away from that, and they have to be very low power. Right. And they have to shut down at certain hours. You know what might be interesting is, you know, there are uh, some people, and I know Cobra, you're one of them, and there's lots of people around the world where they have experienced the hum, they hear a hum. Um, I wonder if you went to the National Quiet Zone, whether, not you specifically, but someone who has the hum problem, I wonder if it goes away when you go there. That would, If it does, then that would kind of suggest in that part, the radio in waves. In part, Mac, I have a little field experience I can share with you. A couple of years back when I was working that uh, series of projects all through Western Pennsylvania and uh, West Virginia, I was inside that zone, not by a lot of distance from one of the sites, and I did still experience. Mm-hmm. And I recently had that uh, pop back up. I told you that I had not heard it and experienced it here in Maine. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it must have known that I was coming on the show tonight because uh, mm-hmm. it revisited me uh, in the mm-hmm. early hours this morning. Okay. Can you imitate it? Can you hum it? What's it um, sound all like? I can, I, it's got this mm, kind of uh, uh, run that it mm. goes on, and then it stops. And all I can tell you is it sounds like something like a uh, a field magnetic drive mm. that you would see on like a motor uh, that it, that's giving that kind of uh, vibration and sound. It's, yes. it's very very strange. I know it as soon as I experience it I, that uh, that it's back. Okay. It's not and, a. Uh, uh, I not, thought maybe it was gone because I told you when I had had some physical changes, you yes. know, with old age here and, uh, and uh-huh. going on medication for blood pressure. I thought for sure uh-huh. it seemed to be the event that that made it stop. It's, it's not one of those uh, quote unquote neck massages that might be running somewhere in your house. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would love, it, but it, you know, it's funny you should talk about. It. It's got that kind of uh, of vibrational really? kind really? of okay. energy. It seems like if I had something like that on there, or one of those uh, spot sport massages, you know, like if you got like okay, a right. bad uh, okay. muscle, That's or a- <laughs> uh, maybe that looks like something that Bezos would take the space, something like right. that. Right. Yes. Now we're into the phallic symbols. Okay. All right. Go, go. No, I, I noticed that myself. After a couple of beers, I get that. Do you really? Like yeah. Hum. Mm, yeah. It started, you know, recently. I mm. think it's where the location I moved to, yeah. because I never had that hum until we uh, got got here. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, after a couple of beers, concerned. what kind of beers? You've done a fab, fabulous job, Club, making the background look the same from the last uh, location, your class mm. command center. It's amazing how close the two of them look. Mm. Yeah, I don't like change. No. no. Who does? No one does. So listen. <laughs> uh, tonight we have a uh, a bit, as they call it in the business. 
and it's um, you know, we get letters for Coco all the time, and we put this together, and the uh, we know that Coco was in the. How many years were you in the Coast Guard there, CC? 16, 16 years in the Coast Guard, sir. Okay, and you're in the Air wow. Force at some point too, right? Air, Air Force six years prior to that. Mm -hmm. So you're in the Coast Guard for 16 years, okay, all right, and you uh, did everything, went everywhere, correct? So, okay. well, between the two of them, just about, okay. both uh, polar caps as well as most of the Pacific, mm -hmm. parts of the Atlantic, all through Europe, and then, of course, when I uh, retired from the military, spent extensive time in the Middle East and in the Balkans, as you know very well. Yes. Well, wow. okay. So uh, tonight's bit is going to fit right in. Thank you for your service, Coco. Thank you. Thank you all for being great citizens. That uh, that service was worthy. So I, you don't thank know you. that. Okay, so we have top wow. ten reasons tonight. Top ten reasons Coco went into the Coast Guard and not the Army. Okay, got the bit there, JJ. You got that? Top ten reasons. Oh, a Navy guy pitching to a Coast Guard guy. This is going to go well. Why Coco went in the Coast Guard and not the Army? Okay, we ready? Who said that to me? Oh, Raven has the list. Yeah, he sent it. He sent it. He didn't send it to me. If Juan's on board with the bit, then the bit's going to work. That's all. I'm, going, I'm totally on board. Okay. With all right, Raven, you have the list. I have the list. Okay. Here we go. Please cue the music right here. Well, okay. Top ten reasons Coco in the Coast Guard and not the Army. Please, number ten. He wanted to follow in the footsteps of his lifelong hero, Popeye. Okay. Now listen. All right. This. We understand, but right. Switch and I had a conversation right. off here the other day. I want to ask you this question. Do they call people who are in the Coast Guard, do they call them sailors? Coco? Mostly Coast Guardsmen, okay. Coasties. Then how can, uh, the how, sailor term fell away after World War II okay, because how can, that's when the Coast Guard was with the Navy. Okay, how can Popeye then be called the sailor man? He's not in the Coast Guard, dude. He's in the Navy. We've had this discussion no, no. many times before. Yeah, you're incorrect. The data has been conclusively shown. You guys are all joiners and wanters to have Popeye. <laughs> Popeye is a Coast Guardsman. Yes. I showed you the evidence. Why would they call him a sailor man? Evidence. You did. Why do they and call the him a sailor, sailor man? man? Was a term that was used in the 20s and 30s to describe coasties. Okay, all right. Hmm. Number nine, please, so Raven. Well, sometimes they're called bathtub sailors. Top there. Well, we didn't want to get <laughs> and into. And now it. I don't call them that, but they, they, I have heard. Coming from a bubblehead, that really hurts. Wow, meow. Switch, meow. <laughs> well, I'm proud to be a bubblehead. Okay, number nine, <laughs> please, Raven. The reasons why Coco went in the Coast Guard and not the Army. Number nine, the Army already had a model for GI Joe. Gee, they already had GI Joe out there, so you know. <laughs> Wow. Okay. All right. Number eight. No comment. Number Just eight, please. Reasons why Coco went in the Coast Guard and not the Army. Number eight. He didn't want to deal with those pussies at West Point. You know how they are. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want I to do any. want to uh, throw in the note that I was a guest speaker at West Point. Mm -hmm. They asked me to come up and just talk about my time flying the X-49. So uh, West Point does hold a – they treated Mrs. Coco and I like royalty. It was a very, very nice experience. Hmm. Okay. We might have to edit that one out. Number seven, please. Right. Number seven, he's a water sign. He's You're a, a water sign? He's Me a water sign. I don't know, I guess. I mean, the writer's no, guess. Actually, actually, I'm a Scorpio, so I am not uh, a water sign. Uh, yes, you are. One of those. Yeah, you are. No. That's a water sign. No. Fight me. Fight? Okay, okay, wow. Number six. Number six. Uh... He wouldn't have been able to do his lesbian dial a date in Antarctica. That's right. You wouldn't have had that opportunity. <laughs> it's, it's lesbian love connection. If we're yes. going to okay. start throwing trademark names out there, and uh, in, that's in, uh, in Antarctica. <laughs> okay. Okay. See, you never know what happens when you join the Coast Guard. All right, please. Uh, the next one. What, re, top ten reasons Coco joined the Coast Guard and not the Army. 
Number five, the Coast Guard is a better place to fight the blood-sucking water. Go ahead, water, zombies from outer space. Oh my God, I didn't, hang on. <laughs> can, I do, can I do that over again? Wow. wow. No, no. I might think be funny this email, way. email, cut it out weird. It's okay, I think that really yeah. is Might be funny that way, out. okay? All right. Uh, that is correct. It's easier, water that's thing. right. That's how he joined to battle the blood-sucking water Have you seen any water-sucking zombies? Not no. lately. So we're successful. Mission accomplished. Not lately. Uh, okay, next one, please. Raven. Okay, number four. He wanted to save the clams. He wanted to save the clams. <laughs> the Navy apparently is not doing that. Okay, next one, please. Reasons why Coco went in the Coast Guard and not the Army. Number three, he would have never seen 100 tons of Colombian booga sugar up so close. Okay, right. Booga sugar. <laughs> Whoops, okay. okay. What is that? You know what it is. What oh, is it? Yeah, listen all, listen to Wong. What is yeah. it? Okay, hey. number two, please. Maybe. Number two. He wouldn't have been nominated for an Oscar for his performance in Bad Boys 2. See, there you go. All right. Right there. That would have been yeah, another opportunity lost uh, if you were joining the You don't get Army. a side card going in the Army. I'm just telling you that. Right. right place at the right time. Right. Um, I actually saw that movie about three months ago, and it, it's not bad, uh, Coco, not bad. I mean, your flying is superb, of course. Thank but you. Martin Lawrence and uh, the Fresh Prince there running around, chasing people. Helicopters. I got to tell you right now, I didn't get to meet those two, but the stunt doubles for them oh. were some of the greatest human beings, and I, and I am so envious of the shape that those two men were in. Well, Unbelievable they'd have to, they'd have physical to. specimens. They were in great shape. Real pros. Okay, so we're down to the number one reason Coco joined the Coast Guard and not the Army, please, Raven. Number one. Number one, he would have never, he would never have met Miss Coco, and hence Teddy the Paula's horse. That's right. You see, those are those two people who are in your life. And it's funny you bring that up, Mac, because uh, Teddy the Wonder Horse uh, just came home from the vet. He yes. was trailered in a little while before we started the show. Yes. He had his teeth done and X-rays to see what's going on with his hip. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was uh, very happy to be home. Oh, really? And uh, I, as a good stable boy, trotted him up to the uh, the pasture, and he is out there with the gals oh. telling him about his. What good is that? Nice. What good is that though? Because he doesn't have the tool bag to do any work with. <laughs> yes or no? You can dream, Candy. Oh, you can dream. Tool <laughs> bag. Okay. Well, he, he's got the drill. He just doesn't have all the uh, uh, the screws. Doesn't have the wire. Okay. Hey, listen. Doesn't have the bits. You know. The bits, right? The correct bits. Right? <laughs> The three-quarter inch is hard to get sometimes. All right, look at You know, Al, the UFO mechanic doesn't jump in there often, but when he does, yes. it's a marker. It's he a just, marker. You know, right. people, there's people across the country right now, across the globe right now, that are marking down Al, the UFO bits hey, right you know, now. Bits. Hey, I was actually a witness to a, um, a stallion breeding one time. Okay. It was right. something... Something to behold. You want to save that to, yeah, for Mac for another time. For Mac yeah. after Doc. Okay, <laughs> I've heard that story, and yeah, it's not really proper for children or adults, as it turns out. But look, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a uh, catch up breath, regroup, and take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. Now we have quite a show for you tonight coming up later on. Bishop Ron Fell Enright is going to talk about Marian apparitions and our aliens, angels, and this is Mac for the entire gang. Wait, I don't want to say that I'm signing off. I want to say we'll be right back after this. Hey fans, Lois Lane here, and I think it's time for you to get some free swag from Mac Maloney's Military Exile show. We have badges, pins, bar coasters, and some very cool 3D show logos that we just can't wait to give away. Just go to MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button. Send us an email with your mailing address, and we'll ship the free swag out to you quicker than Switch can eat breakfast. 
That's MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button to get your free swag today. Requests for tasteful news of Wanwan will be handled on a case-by-case basis. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54. How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Expound Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. Quickly, let me introduce the members of the posse. Going back to seeing the posse. Girls, very famous one one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. How's it going? Okay, everything's good. Coco is up everything's there in his cool. compound up in Maine. On the wing, Mac. As okay. always, a pleasure. Is the snow one up there yet? Any snow yet? No snow. No? Okay, good. Let us keep us in the loop, okay? Uh, also, uh, up there in... Um, up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, the Battle Creek of the Republic, our national correspondent, Switchblade, Steve Ward, Switchy. It's great to be here tonight. Okay, good, good. Everything good with you? I think I'm still sideways. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Uh, also, um, Willie Club, uh, security chief is here. Willie? Hi, Mac. Hi, everyone. Every- great to be here and horizontal. Horizontal, yes. Hello, Club. Okay. Every- everything secure so far uh, there? Clubby? Well, as of now, but okay. it's getting a little shaky. You know how it goes. Right. right. You know, he sounds horizontal. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> well, I have to I have to break you two up. I have to put you in That's separate. At least I don't look it. Oh, oh, come on. <laughs> wow. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Meow. Okay, look. Uh, Man, you know, and, and Libras don't forget. Remember that. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> at least I think I'm a Libra. All right, listen. Um, also joining us is oh Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic, is here in the studio with us. Good evening, everyone. Well, everything okay? Oh, everything's wonderful. Okay. All right. Um, also, um, a good friend, a good witch up there in upstate New York, Raven, is with us. Raven. Hello, my friends. Okay. One bun. Hi, Raven. One bun tonight. What are we drinking tonight? Tonight we have eight days a week IPA. Wow. Okay. Oh. Wow, the hey, Beatles. Where's your glasses tonight? See, Ugh, I threw them out. Oh no, no! People are writing in and say that we want the glasses. You got to get glasses, there, my friend. Yeah, they're quite fashionable yes. for you, right? See, hey, the people I have spoken. No, thanks, Doreen. I mean, Lois, you have glasses. Put them on. Let's uh, give us a little show. Do a show. Yeah. It's a radio oh. program. 
There's something. <laughs> There's that librarian look. You know what I'm Man, talking she about, guys? on already. Yeah, okay, wow. She's pretty smart. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the Lois Lane is with us. Lois, thanks for joining us tonight, Lois. Well, it's good to be here. Okay. All right. Have you laughed yet, Lois? Have you cried yet? A laugh a minute. Come right. <laughs> what do we do the other fifty nine seconds? Come up right up on the microphone there, my friend. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, we have to uh, now. We're at the uh, the skew of the show. The high skew of the show. We have to ask people want to know. Switchy. Switch, as you know, has uh, in the past few weeks he's he's kind of done himself as far as you know what he had for breakfast. Yeah, there've been a lot of. Uh, a lot of Mount Everest in there. I get a feeling we're going to go to Death Valley today. I don't know why. I believe that there is quite a few uh, bookies in Las Vegas. Oh, that are looking at it. For yeah. the Wait until the line to shift. There is on the boards. If he, says, if he mentions the word yogurt or energy bar, we're going to lose thousands. So look at Switchy. What did you have for breakfast today? I wonder how I can get in on some of that Vegas action since I'm the one that uh, you know determines it. Or would that be unethical? Unethical. It would be unethical. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Change a call sign to Pete Rose. <laughs> oh, man. Holy cow. Where'd that come from? Okay, okay, go ahead. This morning, I went to Denny's Diner. Yes. And I had an All-American Slam. Oh, there we go. Oh, all right. We're good. We're good. Go. What's in it? Well, it's uh, three eggs. Three eggs. I had them over easy. Okay. Uh, two pieces of white toast. Yes, white toast. Good for you. Hash browns. Hash browns. Also good for you. Two sausage, two bacon. <laughs> Hot black coffee and water. No one's too Water to take his high cholesterol pills. Hey, that's, look at that's a slam. Yeah, I'll that's a you. slam. Three eggs. That's a good grand slam. Hash yeah. browns. Toast. Do they call it a grand slam or just a slam now? What do they call Sausage. it? Sausage. This, this one's an all American slam. All American slam. They're all okay. kinds of different slams. from the grand slam. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they have I just want breakfast food. They have, um, you know, uh, Bulgarian slams. Yes. I, just like, yes, uh, I just like to note that Switch and uh, Zeppelin the Pig had the same number of eggs today. Oh. <laughs> wow. Hey, Zeppelin, you better watch it. He got, into, he got into the eggs. I put the eggs on the table. He got into them. And I'll he bet you he left part of his hash browns, though. I left. Uh, <laughs> I did not eat part of his hash browns. I left some of my hash browns behind and a slice of toast. Hey, you wait would be correct, sir. Zeppelin leaves nothing on the plate. You, the better, pig, you better warn him that uh, there's always uh, well, moves over my hammy. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, you know. I don't know. Kentucky? Yeah, I, I, no, I was going to say that, that, that his, his his pig, Zeppelin, eats eggs. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, he wasn't supposed to, Mac. He's a vegetarian six mm -hmm. days out of the week. But right. he uh, got inside the uh, the loop here. I had put the eggs on in a tray on the table. Okay. He walked by, saw it, and got into it. Really? So pigs eat eggs. <laughs> I, I got to say, if I was- They'll eat anything, but they're not supposed to eat oh. anything but grain-based. They're, they're herbivores, and they'll eat anything. I was going to say, if, if I was a pig, I'd stay as far away from eggs as possible, you know, because, exactly. they, because you're, you're married sometimes and you don't want to be ham and eggs, okay? Well, does, he, does he eat bacon? True. Does he eat bacon? <gasps> Club. There you go. Mad pig disease. I'm not going to even dignify. In fact, on the next break, I'm bringing up the Zeppelin so you can see how big he is oh, really? on yeah. the screen. Yes, okay. I'll All bring right. him up. Okay. All right. He's we we saw house? him take. Yes, he's a, he is a house pig. Huh. Yeah. Wow. We saw him walking bed. around. Uh, he, he sleeps on the first floor. Uh, if I don't get down there too soon, it's almost his bedtime. Mm. He is, Lois, he is the most incredible pet that I've ever had because he learned the housebreak two days. Wow. No that's... questions. Never have had an accident since. He doesn't smell. Mm. He's, a, he's got an attitude. He's okay. got an attitude. Sounds oh, like God. me. Pig, pigs are very smart. 
Does he have his own bed or does he sleep on the couch? He has his own bed. Okay. Does he greet people at the door? Uh, sometimes. Okay. He, and he's learned to bark from being around Bear. She, there's his, he, he makes a barking kind wow. of sound when he gets really worked up. And he, and he doesn't like being picked up either. Only by me. He oh. doesn't mind oh, being picked up it's by It's a personal me. thing. Okay. Well, you get quite the... Uh, Got quite the circus going on up there, CC. Yes, do we say. do. It's the big top. Okay, so listen. <laughs> well, we're talking about CC. So tonight, we wanted to um, not put him on the spot, but to show off. Put him on the spot. Show off his technical knowledge. Because we always say to people, I know a few people, Al, you're one of them, and Coco is, they, they know everything about everything. You know what I mean? Don't you, you yeah. know? Know it all, they call them. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Wow, one yeah. one. Smart. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> See, you always know one one's going to take yeah. a shot like that. Yikes. After, like, we've had one of the big get-togethers at the house. Because he knows it's a couple months before the next one. Yeah. So he's, he's you, full. You, know, you he fed him. He got his fill. He, got, he picked up his got swag. He right. left. He's, you know, had his, had his eat, had his, his drink. And uh, now I can take a cheap shot at uh, yeah. the Okay. No I can go hey. back and call you Cocopedia. Cocopedia. All right. <laughs> Sounds like something you need to take medication for. But look, um, we have uh, what we're doing tonight is uh, we're always saying that you know Coco knows it all, and he does in a way. So we're going to throw he ten does. He questions. Knows a lot about everything. Right, ten questions at him. It's amazing. He, he has to he has to answer them in one minute. Okay, ten questions, ten minutes, and Lois is going to be the official timekeeper, and she's you know. Guaranteed me, assured me that we're on Greenwich Mean Time on an atomic clock, so we'll know every time a minute's up. Are you ready, there, Lois? I am ready. I've got my ticker ready to go. Okay. Um, did I introduce everyone when we came back? Yes, you did. Okay. Yep. Good. Thank you. Close enough. Okay. Here we go. Close enough. All right. Yeah. I got five out of seven. <laughs> yeah. For those that didn't get it, didn't get the invite. We'll get it next time. The contract. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So, Coco, these are ten questions. I'll tell you, I, I've always wanted to know, you know the answer to about eight of them, and then maybe two of them, who knows where they came from. Okay, you ready? Ready. Okay, Doreen, I mean, Lois, please start the clock. Ready? I will stop, start the clock officially after the question has been read. After the question, Alex? Okay, here we go. After Thank the you, question. Lois. Fair. Is yeah. it Thank really? You, Lois. I'm glad my lawyer's talking. Okay, here we go. Thank you. All right, number 10. I believe was what the deal was, right? Right. I'm 67. <laughs> it's only fair. Yeah. Well, this deal was written on a matchbook, which is really hard to find. Actually, an index so. card, but that's okay. All right, Your here stopwatch we go. is an egg timer. I go. told him to use the back of one of these really cool posters. Once you again. can write like a full contract on the back of one of my coasters. Okay. Hey, the people out there that are listening, who would love to have a coaster signed by everybody on the show? Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd yeah. Be Wouldn't that be cool? Yep. Who's going to mail those yep. around? Okay, here we go. <laughs> I guess I will. Here we go. Ready, ready, ready? Here we go. Number 10. This is Coco's Corner. Ready? Okay, number 10. Now, these are all, these aren't funny questions. This is, I really want to know these things. Ready? Number 10. Do helicopters have autopilots? Yes, they do. They do. Next question. No, really? Yeah? You can. Yes, really, they do. I, some of the helicopters I flew, the helicopter could fly all the way down to a 50 foot hover, no pilot in. Is that right? What? Yeah, but but, but there are helicopters so airplanes that can fly an instrument approach all the way down a runway and enter into a hover hmm. and be just a few feet above the runway. Real? Wow, I had no idea because flying a helicopter seems back, like back, labor intensive. Time. And can I look? Can I look the lowest? Lowest? He's eating up my my time here. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Still have thirty four seconds left. I, you want to sing a song? Mrs. Coco says I'm one of the fastest. I don't know. If oh, I think it's a good see, thing. No. <laughs> Into the vacuum comes bad humor. Okay, all right, why don't we just move on? Can you reset there, Lois, to one minute? Uh, reset my timer. We have 19 seconds left. Oh, 
Okay. All right. This is why you have pre-production meetings. All right, ready? Here we go. Number nine. Coco, do bullets work in outer space? Yes, they do. They do? Not why, but there's no well, gravity. There's, how can they? There's no you gravity. You still have the ability to move fast. A bullet is no different than a rocket. If it's accelerated, it's going to fly into space. It may be affected by gravitational fields. I would like to point to Isaac Asimov, David Starr series of novels. That was one of the most incredible weapons that David Starr in his novel series used as an offensive weapon on his rocket ship. It was a very small, accelerated bullet-type device that shot out of his rocket to disable other people's rockets that he was chasing. Wow. Hmm. Don't oh, fight no. Asimov. He's like Maloney. You oh, just right. don't go there. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah. No, I saw him talk once. He's great. Okay, here we go. Number eight. Okay, wait a second. He did it again. There were 19 seconds left. That's uncanny. I oh, guess yeah. i got to say it again. Mrs. Cooper says I'm the fastest. There you go. I think it's a good thing. There you go. Yeah, Lois doesn't understand that. But okay, you ready? <laughs> ready? I re reset there? It's all set. Okay, here we go. All right, number eight. Why is the British Army called the British Army and not the Royal Army? There's the Royal Navy, the Royal Air Force. Why not the Royal Army? Because, and I would like to uh, invoke the uh, great memory of Ross Sharp, a uh, frequent guest and one of our uh, beloved brothers from across the, uh, the pond. Puddle. It was the first army, and that's why it's not referred to as the Royal Army. Until that point, the term army was not used until the British pointed. It was legions, it was other fighting forces. The Brits uh, oh. pointed the term army, and it was not Royal Hmm. Not a Royal Army, Royal Navy, Royal Air Force. Okay. I don't understand that, but sounds good to me. Okay, here we go. Number seven. Wait, can Number I get a time check? Time check, please. Time check. Can uh, I get a time 25. check? Because I get a bonus if I'm well under. Right. 25 seconds were, were A bar coaster. Mrs. Coco is crying right now. She's so excited. He'll get a bar coaster signed by all of us. That's the prize. All right, look. Okay, number seven. What's the worst thing you can eat before a long flight? Anything that's going to cause uh, gastral kind of indigestion, mm -hmm. such as something that's going to uh, need to move through your system quickly. Oh. So the brands, okay. you know, the, the kind of things that uh, Juan Juan likes to chase uh, his uh, meal with, that's one you definitely want to stay away Someone calling Yeah, right those now. Grand Slams are good for that. I was going to say, you <laughs> yeah. want to throw in two Grand Slams and then take a long flight. They really move you, yeah. Okay, very good, Al. Okay, here we go, number six. Is it possible to fly a plane drunk? Yes. Okay, super. That sort of sounds like the word, you know, the voice makes very well. I'll give you an evidence on that. Well, one more point with the autopilot, you can do that. Um, it's very famously known that uh, Pappy Bullington during World War II got a little bit tanked up, was very upset. Uh, the Japanese kept uh, attacking his strip. He got in the plane, flew over the Japanese base, strafed a number of times, and then circled over the run over the field, the Japanese air base, and challenged them to come up and fight him. Hmm. And no one came up, and he flew back to... Uh, Esprit de Santos and okay. landed his, his uh, F4U and he, Corsair. And he was drunk? And he was under the influence. We won't go to the wow. level drunk is because drunk is not an actual measure. <laughs> true, that's mm. true. Okay. Wow, that's good news. You can fly a plane. Time check, please. Time check, please. Hey, this is this is no fun. My timer was supposed to actually ding and make you know cut you off at some point. This is All right, <laughs> I'll talk slowly on the next wow. one, Lola. So next time just do the ding. Just, just do, do the, like the ding. There you go. Like, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I will stick to the 60 seconds. There's the t-shirt. Do the Lois, thing. I will talk really slow. Right, here we go. <laughs> number anyway. five. Number five. Okay. Why didn't the U.S. just use nukes in Vietnam? Why didn't they just use nuclear weapons? That is a very interesting question that you've asked me. This will go over. There was much discussion about using nukes. 
that came up during the Johnson administration as well as the Nixon administration. Now he sounds drunk. During, I hope he's not flying. During a, cha- <laughs> during a changeover between the two administrations, it was decided that using nuclear weapons would be too controversial. Hmm. Although it was studied in depth a number of times to see if it would stop the North Vietnamese attack. And it was concluded that it would, but yes. it was not viable. Can I go ding now? Can I do it? <laughs> Is that it? Yes, that's it. I'm just waiting for you to ask me crickets. the next question, sir. Uh, cr- crickets. There you go. Your time's up. There you go, crickets. Yeah, that was really a great way to do it. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. That was a lot okay, of Okay, here we go. Number four. Okay, in a pinch, could a helicopter pilot fly an airliner? I think so, yes. Um, if he had proper or she had proper uh, coaching to help explain some of the differences that were there, one big, huge difference between flying an airplane and a helicopter is helicopters do not stall where airplanes will stall. Helicopters or pilots are used to bringing aircraft to a hover uh, mm-hmm. in, in, while you're still in the air and then vertically descending. Where an airplane, if you do that, you're going to vertically descend, but it's not going to be under control. <laughs> it's not going to be, uh, not be as much fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, number three. Why are there no more military seaplanes? Another absolutely prescient question by Macaloni of Macaloni Military x yes. Of recent, recent uh, disclosure, Air Force Special Operations Command is getting ready to put a C-130 on floats. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Huh. Yes. Uh, there are, and this is all part of the pivot to the Pacific. Uh, we have so many vast areas with water. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're using a... Uh, a transport-type airplane that was on floats has a great capability. Wow. Uh, the problem is is that it's very difficult to land on water. Mm-hmm. Open ocean landings are extremely dangerous because of sea state, and the planes do not last very long. They end up really beating themselves up pretty right. heavily when they hit the water for the landing, and takeoffs can be very problematic. Right. So for the most part, the, uh, the development of helicopters allowed for the ability to hover over water and it, the mission kind of went away. But there is, for years, there's been experimentation with small amphibious and seaplane-type aircraft. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like we're going to have a C-130 get on floats. At one point, they were going to have the entire, uh, the Navy's um, nuclear force was going to be flying boats. They were going to put, in, they could land anywhere and so on. But as you say, it's tough on the planes because you're taking off and landing oh, all the time. The real problem is on jet engines. Oh, Even with C-130 water. with propellers, those oh. are jet engines. Yeah. Salt water is so corrosive. Right. What it does to airplanes, it's, it's very intensive for the maintenance. The well, Sea Dart, a great jet that was yep. a seaplane. In fact, I believe it's in uh, one of your books, Mac, if I remember correctly. The Sea Dart makes an appearance. Yep. Okay. It was a Delta Wing fighter that they put seas on. It worked, but it was just tough to land and to maintain it as a something that's on the water all the time. Uh, Lois, uh, did we hear the ding? Was that my imagination? Oh, no, you heard it a long time ago, but it was such an engaging conversation. I didn't want to interrupt. Okay. All right. There it is from Lois. Okay. I, so I don't know if you're hearing any of this, but. Number two. Uh, why did the Russians, for years and years and years, and they're probably still trying to do it, try to build a flying tank? And I'm not talking about an airplane that has a big gun. I mean a tank that literally that flies. <laughs> right. I, this is, I think, the uh, Soviet and uh, back to Russia, Russia to Soviet, back to uh, Russia, uh, thought is that the tank is such a central piece of their doctrine on how they plan to uh, to dominate uh, 
different terrain areas that they have never given up on mm -hmm. the theory that you can put wings on a tank, move it very quickly uh, for tank speeds, different parts of the battle theater and have it deployed. And they've never gotten over a flying it. tank. Okay. The one thing too is that tanks uh, weigh tons and tons. And in fact, right. they've tried to put as much weight on them in armor as possible. Airplanes try to take off as much weight as possible. So it's been hard to fly something that's 40 tons. Bit of a mixed marriage there. Mac, Mac and Coco, I think it was a more fundamental problem of public relations and marketing because you know how you like to make a mnemonic out of everything? That's time. A wing <laughs> tank would be called a wing, would it not? Hang on. Wow. Why don't or we just tank. get dinged? It could be a tank. Okay, go ahead. I'm Why sorry. do you have to go that way? Why do you have or to go to the mic? I can't a get a tank. All right. What's the meme? Go right. ahead. Lowest or a tank. Could it be a tank? How about a tank? Okay. All right. Are we gonna we're gonna fix this in pre-production, post-production? All right. We ready? We good? For the last one? Okay. The last one. Last question. Ask Coco. Coco's gonna. Who will become obsolete first? Fighter pilots or bomber pilots? So what's gonna be obsolete first? Fighter planes or bombers? I think. It's most likely going to be fighter pilots. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I will add one other part. Go ahead. One other part to this. Um, I think you're always going to have to have helicopter pilots because when the thing crashes, especially the unmanned aircraft yes. crash, yes. they'll send helicopter crew in to go pick it up because it's too valuable to leave behind to the enemy. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be a need for helicopter pilots to do the cleanup work. As I used to tell uh, my lads and lasses back in the day when I was wearing the the uniform. I think what you're going to see change dramatically is that the uh, the more fighter type aircraft will be unmanned or optionally manned more and more. Yes, yes. Probably in another decade. I don't think it's going to happen any sooner than that. But the bomber style aircraft, I predict, will also be carrying a number of offensive weapons as well as it, it's going to uh, take over other areas like transport. Go ahead. I, I saw the look on Lois's face. She was afraid to ding. Correct? No, she gave me the she gave me the stop. And I think if you total up all the times where I save seconds, I'm still well under my total a lot of time. Okay. That's true. And I asked you in pre-production, and you would not answer me that if I saved seconds, I could go long and other questions, and you you were just blatant about not answering that. Wow. And you didn't right. answer my lawyers either. So. <laughs> wow. That's where it stands. Not exactly gracious in victory, is he? should decide. Okay. The audience okay. decides my fate. Okay. <laughs> you might want to, uh, you know, rethink that. Well, listen. Thank you, Coco. See, it, it proves, proves our point. Let's give him a real round of applause. Very well done. Now that uh, I learned a lot of fixing it up. Okay. He's a genius. Uh, well, thank you for educating us and entertaining us. And why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopar Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. 
A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Hey fans, Lois Lane here, and I think it's time for you to get some free swag from Mac Maloney's Military Exile show. We have badges, pins, bar coasters, and some very cool 3D show logos that we just can't wait to give away. Just go to MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button. Send us an email with your mailing address, and we'll ship the free swag out to you quicker than Switch can eat breakfast. That's MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button to get your free swag today. Requests for tasteful news of Wanwan will be handled on a case-by-case basis. Welcome back, everyone. It's Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Um, let me quickly introduce the gang who is here. The very famous one. One is here, girls. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Squeegee Welcome alert. To the show. Okay. Uh, Coco is here. Middle-aged ladies, Gilson, Gigi Gilson. He's here. Coco. Thank you, Mac. Glad to be on the way. We haven't saluted him in a long time. We have to do that. Okay. Also, a national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, is here. Great to be here tonight. An American Grand Slam into the day, right? Three eggs. Yes. Hash browns. Toast. Actually, it's an all-American slam. All-American. Okay. Sausages, bacon, coffee, and water. Correct? Right. Okay. That, we didn't ask you. How much did that cost? That's, that probably cost about 55 bucks, right? How much? Um, I, I don't know. I don't remember. It's around 10 I guess. 10 So what's your tip? Uh, about six. Six? Okay. Wow, That's acceptable. Acceptable. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good for you. I, I'm hearing the pig. Do you hear it? I'm, I'm hearing, hearing something. I'm okay. hearing it. Right. I hear the okay. pig, too. All right. Let's move on. Okay. There is no pig. Zeppelin <laughs> within range of where we. I am sitting. <laughs> I don't want to hear this anymore. Willie Club is with us. Our security chief, Willie. How you doing? WC. Good, Mac. Great to be here. Okay. Hi, folks. And just curious, do you hear the pig or not? not? Is it just us? You know, I'm hearing things, but I don't know if it's a pig. Okay. Something. I'm hearing humming, I think. Absolutely. Oh, don't say that. Okay. So, also, Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic, is with us. Good evening, everyone. And uh, well. saving the beauty among the beasts, alas, is our good friend, Raven, up there in upstate New York. Raven, how are you doing tonight? Hello, my friends. I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. And Good to see you, Raven. One bun tonight, folks. You. If you keep one count, bun, one bun to rule them all. all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one bun to bind them. Right. And uh, eight <laughs> days dark, a week well, is your drink, right? Eight days a week. Eight days a week. Okay. Actually, I have the box because I only had a couple of them left. That's wow. what it looks okay. like. How are the Beatles the not? Show. How do the Beatles not stop this? I mean, they they've got to be cut in for it because that be hard to license that song. Or... I don't know. You know, I think it isn't the song eight is spelled out like eight, but this is the number eight, right? Like they're spelled differently. Well, 
Nevertheless, I wouldn't want Apple's attorneys coming down on yeah. me. They're like Walt Disney. They just crush you. Anyway, they're look. just like, you know what? This is below our pay grade. <laughs> I don't think. No, no, no. That doesn't work like that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, um, so we have to be on our best behavior because tonight our guest is Archbishop Ronald Fell Enright out there in L.A. Please, let's give him a heavenly round of applause. How are you tonight, Father? How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay, I think. Okay. You're in L.A., right? Yeah, uh, well, just outside of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Okay. A place called Ontario, California. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Is that a lot of Canadians move there? You would think so, but no, not mm-hmm. really. Okay. I went to uh, L.A. on business once, and I, someone told me there was 60,000 British people live in work in Los Angeles. Really? 60,000. Okay. And there were British bars out there or anything. I, I kind of believe it with the entertainment industry and stuff, but... Anyway, I digress. So um, nothing burned down there? You didn't get burned out? No earthquakes? Well, we just had an earthquake done more than 30 minutes ago. Oh, really? Okay. Here in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah, it's about a 3.5, I believe, my phone. Ah, that's not That just uh, notified me of that. You pay wow. extra on a, on a show night to get that kind of effect before you come on. The Maybe show. that's what we were hearing in the ground shaking. Look. It always so, happens when I'm around. Wow. So, so um, I've never been. I've, I've felt like minor earthquakes up here in New England. You really don't get them very much, but to be in a major earthquake I hear is just like a very frightening thing because there's like really nowhere you can go. There's nowhere to hide. You know, is that true? Yeah. They they say the best place to be is in your house, probably uh, somewhere near uh, maybe um, an, a door frame or mm-hmm. arch or, or something like that some people love the bathtub for some reason oh. um i'm not kind of a bathtub person myself so that would probably be the wow. place you find me yep isn't fun we were just talking about who's a bathtub person and who isn't we we're talking about off air so we should oh, take a Reagan's vote in real trouble uh, if earthquake I, is in upstate new york i am, I am in trouble got, if, she got rid of the bathtub she, so right. i pulled my bathtub out You'll have to get in the shower. If, I'll have to get in my shower and just hold on to the curtain. And pretend it's, a, <laughs> pretend it's a tub. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not a lot of tub fans. Not a lot of bath fans. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm a tub of, fan. I got a big, a big bath- claw foot uh, yes. cast iron things. Why? Why does that not surprise me? So you take, what, a bath every day, you? No, once You're, in a while. Really? It's yeah. relaxing. Okay. Relaxing. Okay. All right. Yep. You'll listen to music. Do you have it rose is. petals on the, in the water with you? Rose petals? Uh, rubber duckies. <laughs> I had to ask. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Father, so listen, we did a show. Um, there's a few things we want to ask you about because you're an expert on these things. We did a show a few months ago on Marian apparitions, all right? And it's something that's always kind of fascinated me. I've read a lot about Fatima, you know, just in doing various research and stuff like that. And there were these famous, famous incidents where – I mean, if you don't know what we're talking about, basically what it is is that a figure, something appears to people. Um, you know, some people might call it a ghost or it's a vision, and the vision usually is of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mary, the mother of Christ. Now, just for an example, now it's because we always say this, if you take the religion out of it, it's really quite a paranormal event, okay? But the fact that this particular vision shows up as the mother of Christ seems to give credibility to the Catholic religion. Do you know what I mean? I mean, so anyway, that's the way I look at it. But um, we did this show, and we talked about Lourdes, we talked about Fatima, we talked about a bunch of places, the place in Yugoslavia also, um, where this happens. But um, Club and uh, Raven did this report where uh, it happened in 1980 in Egypt. 
and there were like millions of people saw this vision and they have a video of it. They have film of it. And I watched it and it's very weird. And it's 1980. It, it's not projected. It's not special effects. It just doesn't act like that. But something is appearing there. Um, what is it? I'm going to throw it right to you. What is it, Archbishop? Tell us. You know, it really depends on your point of view and, and how deep your belief system is. But I believe that if you're anticipating something to happen, let's say uh, some type of uh, image of a, of a certain person or maybe uh, or you know, any um, um, any type of thing in that particular regards, it can actually happen if the settings and, and, and everything is in the right place at the right time. If you have a mass of people, let's say a, a couple of thousand people, and, and if you just put it out there, just one thought, and everyone concentrated on that one thought, then something amazing will happen. Um, parts of that group will start seeing exactly what that thought is, that image is. And when you focus in on something, it could actually appear like a, an apparition. Mm -hmm. But I've seen apparitions on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Really? And not necessarily the, the Blessed Mother, but there were uh, quite a few images that may even pass as somebody uh, in that era, if you if you could believe that. Mm -hmm. now, what, <laughs> it just depends on where your mind frame and, and where you're and how perceptive you are. Mm -hmm. So are you seeing what you want to see? Is that what you mean? Um, you see what's suggested. Whatever is suggested, it's like an order reflex. Um, oh, okay. In this particular case, it's it depends as to where your mindset is. Right. If you're on a, um, some type of investigation, a paranormal investigation, you're anticipating, at least hopefully, that you'll see something that will stand out. And 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 in that participation, uh, things start happening within your mind. Mm -hmm. So again, it depends on, on where, your, where your mental state is at that particular time. Right. But as a general rule, we can see things that are projected within ourselves, and we can see it through our eyes. Mm -hmm. which is quite amazing. What was interesting and um, interesting about this vision that took place in Egypt in 1980 that these guys talked about was that a lot of the audience were not Christians. There were a lot of Muslims saw this thing too. Okay, so <clears throat> it wasn't, um, it was authentic, if you know what I mean, if, if you know what I mean. Sure. I, I would like to note, back that uh, in the uh, Islamic faith, Mary and St. Saint, Saint Mary and St. Anne, her mother, mm -hmm. are revered or uh, deeply respected in the Islamic faith. It's very interesting that there is uh, quite a connection, Crossover. quite a, uh, a part. Mm -hmm. What I want to ask Bishop Ron was, if, if you're deeply religious, could you conjure up, to use a very bad term, a connection to have a visitation by St. Mary or another saint? It's a possibility. Um, you know, people that, um, there are people even today that suffer from what's referred to as stigmata. Have you, are you familiar right. with the term? Right. Yes, um, majority of these people have a deep, deep, deep faith and in, in, in belief system. And as a result, um, it's said that they could actually physically show the signs of the manifestations of Christ in the palms and, the, uh, you know, on the crown of the head, you know, and, and so on. So, I mean, it's, uh, it really depends as to where your frame of mind is. If you are very religious, then there are, um, first of all, being religious doesn't mean you're going to see apparitions, but it does mean that you're open to the supernatural. Mm -hmm. Because everything that occurs in the heading of religion 
is basically man-made, but it, a lot of it has to do with your belief system. Mm -hmm. right? And if you believe in something and you believe in something hard enough, then something will happen. In fact, <laughs> it's interesting to think about it. Everyone, everyone will experience at least one paranormal event in their lifetime. Mm. And it will always be memorable. In fact, so much so that your whole perspective, your whole perception of a way the way life is could be even altered okay. as a result of that event. So it's it's quite interesting. So paranormal uh, define a paranormal event. Suppose if you had like a an incredible burst of ESP, would that be called paranormal? Paranormal would be anything that's that's not what you consider normal. Mm. Um, something that is um, not explainable. Yes. And and yet something that is believed that it exists. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there's a lot of things, and you don't have to have a belief system to believe this, but. We all are familiar with um, the various elements in our world that are invisible, but we do know exist. Okay. For example, oxygen. We yes. um, really can't see oxygen unless under certain test uh, uh, conditions, perhaps you can. But there are other things, too, um, that, you know, you just know that, for example, rain, you know, when it, when it rains. Yes. And then, you know, and you have that moisture and then this process of evaporation occurs. Yes. You can't see the water disappearing, but you do know of the process. And it's up to you as to whether or not you believe in the process. If you do, well, then uh, that will allow you to open it up into other areas that may be unexplained. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of things that we can't see, touch, or feel, but yet know exist in our world of existence. Well, you're Bishop, right there. What's your opinion of the uh, Fatima apparition in 1917? Do, do you believe that those people uh, really saw something all at one time? Or at I least do. Do, I, I do, do believe it, but, I, but there's a, another couple of things that you have to throw in there. Um, when there's a crowd like that, a crowd uh, gathering together with one thought in mind in the anticipation of something unbelievable that was going to take place. If, if you're under that mindset and with all those people, something happens. Um, and I don't know if this, is, um, if this is a chemistry type of scenario, but when people are together, our energy seems to magnify it that is mm -hmm. you're actually able to see the energy field increase when there's more than four or five people or even a hundred people and then we take it to a thousand people something very interesting happens um some psychiatrists would call it mass hysteria mm -hmm. but um those who believe on the other side of the of the coin maybe just outside the box it could actually be something that is happening but it's out of our rome of understandings just beyond our comprehension it's it's like turning a tv set on and being stuck, well, I'm giving my age away. <laughs> but 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 you're turning the channel and you're like between stations and it's not quite coming in. You yes. have like two signals coming in at once. Uh, and then, you know, it's it's not quite where you want to be, but yet you're able to see it because you're between there and here. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing is true with radio signals and so on. Um, and once in a while, we're able to capture what's between the two frames. And that's what um, some people might refer to as deja vu, mm -hmm. um, meaning that, you know, that you can't quite ex explain it, but yet you it's so familiar that you've been there before. Right. And as a result, it's one of those mystery things in life. Mm -hmm. Why do you think the last apparition was such a long time ago? Do you have any idea why we haven't had any public apparitions? In Actually, we have. Actually, we, we have. There, there, believe it or not, there was a one uh, incredible apparition that occurred in florida i was living in florida at the time okay and um this was like risk outside of port ritchie and there was an apparition that appeared inside the building a glass building 
the building is like, you know, it was very tall, like maybe eight, nine stories tall. That's tall in Florida, eight or nine uh, stories tall. And this image of the Blessed Mary was on, was actually on, I mean, it was almost, it was a 3D effect. It was there for one month. And people could not explain it. There were people that were theorizing, you know, what it possibly could be, maybe a chemical in the cleaning solution uh, that was used when they were cleaning the glass, you know. But for some reason, this was a perfect image of the Blessed Mary. But there's been no uh, messages or anything. Actually, no. a lot of people did receive something. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, interesting um, comments about, about this apparition. We've even talked to... Uh, talked about on a radio station um, way back when. Um, and people had the, the sense of uh, tranquility. Um, they felt um, warm. They felt peaceful for that split second. Um, and then, you know, there have been other events, too. If we go back to, like, uh, the, the, was it World War II or World War I, I believe. In the World War I, there was an episode where in Europe, the, um, I believe it was the Nazis or Germans and the Americans, they were, um, they were both confronted with this light that just simply illuminated the entire space. And everyone on both sides, they were compelled to put their weapons down, lower their weapons and come together. And it, it, it's recorded in history somewhere. And I don't know if you're familiar with the event that took place. Yeah, we've discussed this on a, a previous show. I think it was yes. the British and the Germans. British yes. and the Germans. Right yes, in the yes. trenches. Yeah, that's a very popular one. Very much so. And I think at the time, it's like, you know, we were talking about earthquakes. Uh, if you've ever been in an earthquake, at least for the very first time, and you you realize that something is happening, you can't quite explain it. It's like for a second, you're in a frozen mode, you know, for that brief moment, okay, everything freezes around you. And this is where your thought process jumps in, and it tries to figure out as to what the heck just happened. And the body can't explain it because the body's in this motionless um, state. Your mind and your brain are working overtime because they're trying to understand what actually took place. It's the same type of scenario. If you saw an apparition, I believe your mind would go, would freeze out. And, and for that split second, you would probably try to reason with yourself and try to explain what actually you have just witnessed. Right. And um, it, it, it's a very strange feeling. We're talking to Archbishop Ron Felt. And right uh, out there in uh, on the west coast, and it's interesting that you say that when these visions happen, you know it's it's kind of like, in a way, you see what you want to see, and um, you know in in some cases, but like in the case of Fatima, now just real quickly, the elevator pitch to Fatima is that these three kids saw the Blessed Virgin Mary appear to them is in 1918 or so, and she appeared to them almost on a regular basis every month, and every time she appeared to them. The crowd grew uh, to witness this thing. And finally, after about a year, there were 50,000 people in this field. And she appeared, but a lot of the people saw things like the sun dancing in the sky. And it, people, it, it had rained earlier that morning, and the sun came so close to people that it dried out their clothes and stuff, crazy stuff like this. Right. And the interesting thing, too, is that the government of Portugal at the time was not— uh, it, they were very anti-Catholic. They were very anti-religion. And the newspapers are there. There's eight newspapers, newspaper men there, and five of them were from government-controlled newspapers. So they're not going to write anything, you know, positive about religion. But they all did on this because they witnessed it themselves. So there's a real Catholic backstory to that one. You know what I mean? There's a real Catholic backstory to that. And so my question is, is that if visions 
come to visit us for whatever reason, it seems like the Catholics are one up on everyone else because some of these spirits, you know, just fall right into line for the, uh, you know, the uh, the people who are on, you know, that most people know about the Catholic Church, Jesus Christ, his mother, the father, and so on and so forth. If they're showing up, doesn't that give a lot of credibility to, and I hate to say this, frankly, to the Catholic Church? Well, you know, you would you would think so. The Catholic, uh, the Catholics have always documented everything that was spiritual, and in order to be uh, for anything or any event or any person to be sainted, for example, there has to be three miracles. Mm-hmm. And um, and um, Sister Lucy uh, had experienced all three of these miracles, and as a result, she was sainted way back when um, after after her passing. Um, I can tell you another interesting fact that all the people that you were mentioning that came to that central point, that, that one particular area, they all started seeing different things. Mm-hmm. Their, their interpretation of what, of what their brain was allowing them to understand what was taking place. Some saw the, 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 the sun dancing. Others saw a complete blackout of the sun. Uh, mm-hmm. Other people who were there for a special reason for healing were actually healed. Mm-hmm. There were people that were... That were uh, that were physically uh, crippled and they were able to walk. There were people that were blind and they were able to see. Um, a lot of, and these are all supernatural things that occur and take place. Part of religion, organized religion anyway, um, the various denominations, they have their own take as to how certain things should be and practiced and so on. Mm-hmm. But depending as to what your level of belief is, these things are, have been already organized for you in a spiritual fashion and you're able to um, understand and see certain things that other people would be totally oblivious to. Hmm. I can tell you that in my lifetime, I have been encountered with um, real, honest, honest to God demons hmm. that you could see. I've also had encountered angels that you could see and touch. Hmm. And then in just a split second, they would totally dissipate with no trace whatsoever. But they were there for a particular reason. And angels, in most cases, in all cases, actually, they're they're there as messengers, hmm. and uh, and and they will relay a message to you, or they will uh, be there for comfort, or uh, some people refer to guardian angels, which are very real and very true. Hmm. Uh, and we are surrounded with all types of spiritual entities around us, not yes. only angels, but and demons, but we're also surrounded by other the the, the human factor, you know, the the souls and spirits that may be around us, mm-hmm. and that may be you know going through some issues right now, uh, even the afterlife. Of course, you know, um, after saying that, I'm going to get a lot of feedback, but that's okay. Mm. Uh, um, and sometimes, you know, when I'm on a program such as yours, um, I I kind of forget that there might be like thousands of people listening in. <laughs> so do we. Thank <laughs> you, Father. Which means that uh, that you know all kinds of criticism will come in, but. But all I can tell you is what I've experienced firsthand, and yeah, and all these things are real. Mm-hmm. How about someone who has never experienced anything like that? And I'm talking about myself. Never had any kind of a paranormal experience. Never had any kind of a, a feeling that I was, you know, seeing something that, you know, was not of this earth or whatever. Never saw a UFO. Never saw a ghost. Nothing has ever happened to me. I've had ESP, you know, spikes of ESP and deja vu and stuff, but nothing that... It's just, let me ask, have you ever seen a ghost there, Albernaldo? Just to think about I have, it. I have ever, I haven't seen one. I have I've encountered experiences with houses that are mm-hmm. doing crazy things that would 
you well, say they shouldn't be happening. You used to pick up dead bodies for a while. Well, well yeah, I did that for a while, too, but, right, but that was before that. Let me go around the horn here. Raven, have you ever seen anything that you would – oh, who, who am I asking? You have a ghost in your house, say, right? I literally yeah. emailed you about right. this a week ago that something touched me. Right, huh. right. And it wasn't Juan Juan. And we were able to figure out where Juan Juan was. So I was going to say he was accounted for. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was doing a, not only remote viewing, <laughs> I was doing remote touching. Remote touching. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's a new sign or something. That's simple. That's, that's the new album by Switchy and the Baby Sausages. Hey, Keith, have you ever seen it? BK, have you ever seen a uh, Willie Club? Have you ever seen The Ghost? Have you ever seen anything out of the ordinary? No, not, not when I'm ordinary. If I've had a few beers or something, I've seen them. But other hmm. than that, uh, no. Wow. No. Well, we had that waitress one time. She took our order and disappeared. She must have been a ghost. Remember her? On the grog. And, you know, hey, one one. Can I say something real quick? Yes, um, because of what you just said. Okay. Um, when a person has, is either uh, has taken some drugs or maybe they're um, mm -hmm. some alcohol or whatever, and that their perception seems to change just a bit, and there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. um, not only because of the chemicals in your brain seem to change, but also uh, even your behavior uh, in terms of, of how you relate. Yes. And um, and as for you, uh, um, uh, Mac, you know, you, you say you've never seen anything. You know, we have this thing in our, in ourselves, which is a it, it's a some type of um, internal apparatus that allows us to adapt and accept. And as we get older, we learn to adapt more because more information and experiences are coming in. So we learn to adapt to these things. Okay. And as a result, I'm sure in your past, if we were to do a a, a hypnotic uh type of session on you oh, i'm boy. sure we can go into your subconscious i'm sure we can oh. come up with some interesting paranormal events that occurred in your life but as you get older you know you tend to forget these things yes. and uh and as a result you know um you forget all about these things but we all have gone through some kind of supernatural event if if, if even if it's a very minor mm -hmm. um i'm sure it has occurred you know a lot of people that have that have claimed to be um, abducted by ufos yes a lot of them have memory loss but if under hypnosis uh they could actually be detailed in regards to what had occurred i wouldn't mm -hmm. mind having you uh, by the way I, I do hypnotherapy by the way so bishop run i'm willing to chip in yes. right there bishop no, run you don't want me up i think we could i, I think we could we, uh, we'd love to have back to under that would be Nope. That would be super. Not in a million years there. Do you do remote hypnotherapy? I, it's very possible, yeah. Wow, sure. okay. Hey, Juan Juan, you've I, seen I, a ghost. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You've seen a ghost, Juan Juan. I'm just taking score here, right? You've seen a paranormal. You've had paranormal events in your life. Yeah, and it's not something like a mind over matter thing. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't even thinking about it. And I was at work in, uh, at my computer job in Massachusetts, and I saw this woman walking down the street. And she looked like she was dressed in like a 1890s, you know, turn of the century garb with a parasol, long dress, and uh, just walking down the street a hot summer day. And I thought it was maybe a street actor or something. And it wasn't the kind mm. of town where there'd be street actors, but who's dressed up in that outfit? Yes. It looked like something out of uh, the show Deadwood or something, you know? Yes. Except she was fancy. Mm. You know, maybe she was a prostitute or something. But oh, did she wow. really fancy? How we go down that road? Wow, we wow. down the street. Boy, we yeah. took a hard left Sex there, workers. didn't we? And <laughs> some some people thought. I, I told some people about it, and I said, "Oh yeah, you're not the only one that's seen that person." Wow, huh? I said, "Well, 
Hmm. Maybe it is, you know, some real person dressed up. Well, I think it's a miracle, and I'm going to put it to St. Michael that you didn't say Downington Abbey, someone from the Somewhere set of Downington there. Abbey. Somewhere Thank God Downton Abbey. Right. Downtown Abbey. Right. That's the tub. What about the all those, Archbishop, what about all those people that see uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe on a regular basis? I mean, they're not just conjuring it up or, you know, putting minds together and saying, okay, let's, okay, guys, let's see if we can conjure up uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe today. You know, isn't isn't she a regular visitor? To as, it, it depends who is doing the witnessing. Mm -hmm. um, see, again, it all goes and all boils boils down to what you're able to accept as um, as reality, at least for that moment. Uh, if you're open to that, then yes, there's a, a possibility. People have seen. Uh, Elvis all over the place. Oh, so yeah. Especially Vegas. in Las Vegas. It's in Vegas. You know, people swear <laughs> they've seen Las Vegas. They swear to see yeah. Elvis. I think, you know, the point yeah. I'm trying to make is that you will see what you want to see if you are, if you have a deep commitment in experiencing that particular event, it will happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's something about this incredible thing that we have called the brain. Yeah. Yeah. We could muster up so many things and experience so much more than what we've already experienced. So you're saying we can make certain visions happen by maybe uh, thinking about a lot, you know, really processing it, uh, just meditation, perhaps. I mean, our mind is a uh, an amazing yes, instrument of all kinds of things. So, um, this so how does that apply to demons and exorcisms? Is it the same thing that we're seeing people that, you know, go through the exorcism process are really seeing something? Or Well, what we... Um... You know, as you already know, I, what I've done about, it's been 41 years now I, I've been doing this. I've trained hundreds of priests and bishops, and it's not for looking for demons, but rather looking for the symptoms of someone, maybe whether they're possessed or have some form of oppression. As a, as a psychologist, I try to do everything in a very analytical fashion. I created a questionnaire that uh, focuses on three things, uh, the physical, um, the spiritual, and of course, the uh, surrounding manifestations that have that they've claimed taken place. Before an exorcism is even performed, the subject has to go through a series of um, steps where the assessor will actually look at their psychological profile, their health profile, and uh, and come to some kind of conclusion. Uh, again, with the help of a psychiatrist. Uh, the psychiatrist will look at the psych evaluations and, and the medical doctor would also look at the physical. And as for the uh, spiritual person that's involved, which would be either yours truly or a bishop somewhere down the line, they'd use what's referred to as a discernment. And so we, we tie all these things together. And if the person is truly possessed, then you really need to take at least three big steps backwards and start looking at the entire picture because what you're dealing is you're dealing with something that is truly supernatural, something that's invisible, and something that could hurt you, hmm. and of course the person who is the victim. Right. So it's um, it's more than just a belief system. It's it's it goes beyond the belief system. The person, the priest, has to have more than just just understanding what's taking place. He has to have uh, a deep, deep empathy that uh, of the person. Right. <laughs> My granddaughter just walked in here. Oh, there we go. Talk about angels visiting us. Here she goes. <laughs> Say hi. Wow. Say oh, hi. my God. Hi. <laughs> Her name is Laura Ashley. And, uh, oh, so cute. 
Wow. Say bye, honey. Okay. Anyway, um, interesting. Okay, what was I saying? No. So why don't we do this? Though so I was going to say this. Uh, why don't we take a quick break now? We're talking to Archbishop Ron Fell Enright here about a whole different range of things. Let's take a quick break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Macmillan's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Hey fans, Lois Lane here, and I think it's time for you to get some free swag from Mac Maloney's Military Exile show. We have badges, pins, bar coasters, and some very cool 3D show logos that we just can't wait to give away. Just go to MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button. Send us an email with your mailing address, and we'll ship the free swag out to you quicker than Switch can eat breakfast. That's MacMaloney.com, and hit the contact button to get your free swag today. Requests for tasteful news of one will be handled on a case-by-case basis. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54. How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Well, what a show we have uh, tonight. We've hit the all fields, as they say, in the sports game very quickly. Let me introduce who's here. Juan Juan is here. Juani. Juani. Yes, sir. Mac, how you doing? Okay. Also, Hi, ladies and gentlemen, and all uh, ships at sea. Coco is here, middle-aged ladies. Coco is with us. <laughs> on uh, the wing there, Mac, as always. Check it out. the pick. Uh, also, uh, national correspondent switch plays Steve Ward is here. Um, I'm I'm not on the wing. Not on the wing. Okay. okay. Might be eating chicken wings, but he's not on the wing. Right. You know. And, and and no comments about his hair really tonight. I think that we should be proud of ourselves that we've you know stopped beating. He that. looks good. I believe that that club really rolled in quite earlier on the uh, on the hair. Right. Did he really? Okay. Took oh. it off. They took it yeah, off. and the night isn't over yet. Our security chief Willie Club is here. Willie, thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah, it's, it's a religious experience. It tonight. is. Okay. In more ways than one. Our good friend, our uh, favorite good witch, Raven, is with us up in upstate New York. Raven. Hello. Hello, my friends. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Hello, Raven. And also, it's our pleasure. Our, it is our <laughs> pleasure. Also, our uh, special guest with us is uh, Archbishop Ron Fell Enright out there in uh, the West Coast. Thanks for joining us and staying with us, Father. 
<laughs> wow, a man of few words. He must be. Uh... Is your microphone working there, Father? Is your microphone working? I, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, all right. So he was I just... have a built in system, and I just talk to the screen and I just wait till something comes out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, was, he was speechless then. <laughs> Mac, he's got it all figured out. Yeah. I was going to say that's an ecumenical recipe for success wow. right there. <laughs> Well, um, I just want to say uh, a couple of things before we uh, start this segment. I should say that we're going to start giving away swag for the Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show. We've got pins. We've got um, badges. We've got these cool 3D decals. Uh, very kind of cool. And um, just a whole bunch of things. So for you to get your free Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show swag, just... What? Drop us a line? Go to macmolly.com and get in contact. Had a sneeze. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. Well, it was pretty violent. We have um, bar coasters, bar coasters, uh, also um, pins, um, different kinds of pins, and these um, decals that are like kind of like a 3D kind of detail of, uh, detail of the logo of the show. So just go to macmolly.com, hit the contact button, send us an email with your mailing address, and we'll mail it out to you faster than Switch can eat his breakfast. Isn't that what Lois said earlier today? Yes. I, I just need to throw in there that a little bit earlier, Mac, you said wingman.com. It's macmaloney.com. Mac if you go to wingman.com, we're not responsible for the security protocol that you That's may right. activate. That's a point. Uh, but there is a really cool page that comes up when you go to wingman.com okay. that uh, probably move. seizes all your files. Macmaloney.com. <laughs> go to macmaloney.com. Yeah. Or you can slide into our DMs. DMs. We can also do it there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. now she's getting technical. What uh -oh. is a DM? D what is a DM? Direct messages on Instagram, Instagram at Macmaloney's yes. Military X-Files. Oh, look us up. <laughs> Do it that way, too. Oh, you can call us up. You can send JJ a love letter. Just get in touch with us, okay? Yep. Uh, so anyway, I want to say. She does. And um, um, so why don't we do this? Um, Father, thanks for uh, sticking with us. I don't know how long you can do it. This is kind of like a penance, right, for you? That's exactly right. Okay, yes. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, some tough love from the father. All right, so uh, we do this once a week where uh, Raven and her powers as a good witch knows a lot about the various characters that come on the show. And all she has to know is your uh, birthday, and she can tell you things about yourself that you already know and things about yourself that you don't know. Okay? All right, I'm looking at Al because he's the victim tonight. Uh-oh. Okay? Rut row. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Al's birthday is October 20th, so uh, we'll put in some spooky music here, Raven, tell Al things that he knows about himself and that he doesn't know about himself, and hopefully entertain yes. us. Oh, I hope you're entertained by this. So, we have October 20th. This is the day of Vogue. Um, he is a Libra. He's an air sign. And he is ruled by the number two and the moon. Um, personal appearance means a lot to Al. Uh -oh. um, this is an expression of his individuality. <laughs> Um, you are very conscious of what is in uh, and what is out at any given time <laughs> and have great influence on defining social trends. However, um, October 20th, people like our friend Owl, Owl, oh my goodness, That's gracious, his cut that out, like our friend who? Owl. Who? Who are you talking about? Oh my God. Um, Al, did you say who? Who? Yes. yes. Who are you talking about? Are we about? talking about who? Let's go. <laughs> this is such a bad out. night for me. It, it, I messed oh, up yeah. so many times. Okay, like Al, yes. um, you kind of have that struggle where you want to be accepted, but you also want 
to be influential. So it's <laughs> it's kind of a double-edged sword. Wow, at the, um, at the Grand Slam right there, okay. <laughs> Yeah. You can be viewed as almost living a double life because <laughs> your career is your moneymaker, but your hobby is where all of your um, creative energy, that's where all of that goes to. Well, he, um, okay. he is newly into <laughs> agriculture, I can tell you that, and it's going, it's going right, quite well. <laughs> so that's where your create your creativity is going to go then. Okay. Um, and people on this day, be because of that, uh, they can appear cold in their professional life just because their heart is naturally pulling them elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, you are hard-headed. Uh, once you have your <laughs> mind made up about something, it will. it's going to be hard to stop anyone from you following through. Mm. Um, October 20th, people tend to be impressionable and imaginative, and they can be easily hurt by criticism. Oh, um, oh, yeah, oh, you're yeah, powerfully yes. attracted to wealth and sensuous pleasures. Hmm. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I might explore now, that one a little now, bit more. All right. Now the other, well, the other part of this. The waters run deep. Go ahead. We're talking yep. about Al the UFO mechanic. Go ahead. All right. Now, add into that that I'm a left-handed Italian. Uh oh. Okay. <gasps> Ooh, lefty. A lefty. Yes. yes. I'm a lefty. Italian. A yes. left-handed Italian. Right. So, um, I grew up in a. Well, my parents doing the good thing in in theory yes when i was a kid they moved us out of the uh east boston high crime district high crime uh the the only the only wildlife i saw as a child were rats in the in between the, the, the three decker buildings in east boston it's not like that now folks. okay so um then they moved us out yes to the boonies because my parents wanted to do the right thing for their kids. Yes. So they moved us to this town of Dracut. Yes. In Dracut, Massachusetts. Lovely. A lovely was, town. It was a French farming town. Okay. And it was a, it was a great place. I mean, we lived right up the street from uh, this wonderful, wonderful lake. Okay. And everything. And um, I was the token Italian hmm. in this <laughs> very French farming town. Wow. So whenever, you know, when I'm sure I went they went this, easy on you. When, 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 yeah. <laughs> so every Italian joke in the world came my way. Uh -huh. But also, as I get into, you know, out of elementary school into high school, anytime somebody needed uns anything unsavory done, they came to the one Italian in town yeah, because course. they figured, what the hell, you're, you're, you must be right there. You can do it. And uh, my parents were very, very, very devout Catholics. Yes. And uh, my dad um, was beaten by nuns because he was also left-handed. Who wasn't? And um, oh. well, let me ask you this. Let me ask this. So you're left-handed Italian. What would you need to be right-handed to get the gun out quicker? To raw? <laughs> What's the left hand no, have no, to the do with left, it? The left hand is is the is the devil's That's hand. The sign of the devil. Oh, you, wow. When when yeah. my father went to school, yes, he went to a Catholic uh, I, school. I've seen all that. I've seen and, all that. And yep. they would, you know, they would his, beat the kid on oh, the hand. So as soon he as he picked up hand. a pencil, they whacked yeah. the hell out of him. Right. And it, so when I be, was born. I'm the middle of three boys, yes. and I was the only one that showed that at a very young age I was going to be a lefty, and my father made the decree at that point that no one will bother him. No one will give him a hard <laughs> Don't time. Don't bother that lefty. Yeah, let him yeah. go. Okay. And I was never persecuted as a left-handed kid, yes. but um, <laughs> except by my friends in high school Good who were, you. You know, were, were hysterical about it. But um, <laughs> Well, that's the name of your biography, a left-handed attack. But I was also an altar boy, so you know I... 
I served my time. I, yes, I, so did I. I. I was an altar boy at St. Mary's. Thank you, well, Raven, for that. I w- I'm going to say that that was about 85% on, okay, just you know, knowing Al Ronaldo as I do. 85%, yeah, I, would you I'll, say? I'll buy, I'll buy a bunch of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, well, Raven hits again. So, um, Raven, you and I are going to talk story. about something. Now, there's a place, we talked about this off air. I'll just give it a real quick, uh, you know, elevator pitch. Ong's Hat, a very small a settlement in the middle of the Pine Barrens. The Pine Barrens is in the middle of New Jersey. It's this huge forest that no one lives in, really. And when you go through New Jersey, the place where dreams come true, you drive through the Pine Barrens. It's just trees on either side of you. If you go into Atlantic City or going down you know, to D.C. or whatever. All very strange things have happened in the Pine Barrens. Is a the New Jersey Devil that the hockey team is named after is from the Pine Barrens. There's a lot of ghost stories and you name it. UFO stories, the works. Um, but there's this also we'll ver- some work by uh, left-handed, right-handed Italians. Okay. But there's this very strange story uh, about this place called Ong's Hat. Ong's Hat, and I'm going to throw it over to Raven to explain why it's called that way. And what the strange story is about. Yeah, so we're kind of wondering, you know, is this another dimension to to another portal in New Jersey? Is this a rogue science cult? Um, is this a giant hoax made up by writer Joseph Matheny? Um, so we're going to Jersey, okay? Uh, this is the deserted village of Ong's Hat. Uh, it's, it's forgotten. Mm-hmm. Harry Ong uh, was known about town. He was the ladies' man. Um, he loved to go to dances. So one night he went to a dance. One of his love interests got very upset by this, saw him flirting, saw him doing his thing, and basically, in so many words, attacked him. Who, who knows what really happened? But mm-hmm. uh, she stomped on his hat. And apparently this was like a really nice Yeah, this hat. like the 1880s so, where they had those top yeah. hats. So stuff. it's like, this is like basically all he had to his name. So she stomps on this hat. He's upset by it in, in, a, in a fit of rage. He runs outside, he throws the hat in the air and it gets stuck in the tree <laughs> and it stays there. <clears throat> and it becomes the, the landmark to this village. And ultimately it becomes the name of the village. On hat. hat. You know, and it's so, probably still there. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> we're going to fast forward. We are in 1978. Uh, Wally Ford, Fard, Wally Fard, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, a jazz musician uh, who had recently returned to the States after studying philosophies and spiritual practices abroad. Uh, he spends his life savings on the abandoned 200 acres uh, in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. Um, so he gets this group of just ragtag followers. Um, and he would eventually form uh, the exclusive Moorish Science Ashram. Mm. Um, like, a and that was his, like a commune. Like a I don't want to call it a cult, but it, that was his club. Right. We'll call it a club. Yes. Um, Willie Club. And then Fard began publishing newsletters proclaiming his beliefs. So these newsletters caught the attention of Frank and Aletha Dobbs. Um, I'm going to refer to them as the Dobbs twins. They were raised in Texas, actually, uh, in a UFO cult found by, founded by their father. Um, they were brilliant, but were looked down upon for their radical views. Uh, the twins were asked to leave Princeton University after submitting a series of equations that led to what they called cognitive chaos. Um, the twins eventually would end up at Ong's Hat in the Pines Barren, Pine Barrens, 
uh, where they set up a makeshift laboratory in a house trailer to test their radical theories. Um, other fringe scientists joined them as well, and they did experiments there. Um, their discoveries would soon shake the scientific community to the core, to its core. I'm sorry. This is a rough night for me. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> All of us. It's okay. You're blessed. We'll say a prayer for you. Go ahead. Please do. <laughs> You're going to need it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Within, <laughs> within three years, <laughs> the twins had built the egg, um, a sensory deprivation chamber. So residents of Ongsat uh, would be hooked up to it and their brain would be charted extensively using computers. They also experimented with sex, drugs, and other mind manipulators. Um, bless me, Father. I'm Go so ahead. sorry. Yeah. Just, um, at one point, uh, they tested the egg on a young volunteer. Um, once it was activated, the test subject and the device disappeared. Approximately seven minutes later, uh, it rematerialized. The volunteer claimed uh, he traveled to the dimension next door to ours, um, and this was uh, what would be known as the opening of the gates, um, a way humans could easily travel to other dimensions. When a chemical spill leaked hazardous waste into Pine Barrens, the residents of Ong's Hat did not flee outward. Um, instead, they fled interdimensionally. They used the gate to transport themselves and all of their belongings to an alternate dimension where they still lived in Ong's Hat, but humankind did not exist. Uh, all that remained at the original Ong's Hat was a single structure to house the gate. Excuse me. Um, according to some, the experiments performed at Ong's Hat led to a violent and bloody conclusion. Um, it was speculated that the US government got wind of the goings on and that Delta Force stormed the compound, killing seven. Others, though, blamed the violence on the Russians and even the Danish military. Those Danes. So kind of kind of left up in the air there. Um, but even though very little remained of the twins laboratory in the 1990s and early 2000s, people, be people began reporting that simply reading about Ong's hat online was beginning to have an effect on them. For example, um, strange dreams, unusual visual perceptions, um, I guess like a fogginess, I would, I would say. This led to more theories regarding Ong's hat piling up and because of the similarities to other conspiracies, many wonder now, is it possible this was all an elaborate hoax? Um, so, Mac, what do you think of all of this? So only because I'd, I had to read about this for um, Beyond Area 51 on, uh, yeah, by Mac Maloney on sale everywhere a few years ago. And, and now everything you say is true, but here's the strange thing about it. That writer that you mentioned, his last name is Matheny or Matheny. Um, what he did was he did something that is like academically clever, let's say. This is this uh, this started out when bulletin boards were the thing on computers where that's how people kind of transferred information. Right. What is that? Just message boards, right, Coco? Right, uh, Juan? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they were bullet, bulletin boards and were were the way everybody got together and uh, posted their life story. Kind of like it's it's like the first early stages of social media, right? Yep. Okay. So what he did was he got a bunch of his friends together and they made up this story. They made up this story about Ong's hat, about the twins, about going to different dimensions, the works. They made it up, but they made it up in such a way that 
he would post something, and then one of his friends would post something to add to the story, right? And then someone else would post, and then and they were doing this as a joke. But what happened was people they didn't know started posting to it, started having experiences that Ong's had, and they knew some stuff that these guys couldn't. How they possibly knew it, they don't know, and they just bring everything into the story. So what this guy did was he created the first kind of campfire story for the internet. Do you know what I mean? It's like something that's a story that's told, and then you add to it, and you add to it, and all this. Okay, it's like fine. A, it's a creepy pasta. What? Sort of. Okay. So, creepy pasta. What is that? Creepy pasta. What's that? So, yeah, eat? like uh, Slenderman, Momo. Oh, right. Oh, the things that are made up for the sensationalism. Yeah. Slenderman. That I know. Slenderman. Right. And same. Yeah. Same kind of thing. You know, just they created yes. a story to create a story, and it took on a life of its own. And uh, as Raven said, and even now, people believe it happened, and, and the, the, the person I talked to who had written an entire book on it and an academic exercise, his dissertation on it, believes this idea that the more people that believe in something, the more it, it kind of becomes true, you know? It, I mean, it's a hard thing to kind of grasp, but, you know, for this to actually affect people, affect well, their Matt, dreams. I, and I, I got to their... say that you brought this up earlier when we were talking about Fatima with uh, Bishop Ron. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has got the same kind of an effect that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's yeah a if you bit. believe it, it it may turn out to be true. Uh, yeah. with all the symbology that was going on in some of the the structures within the Pine Barrens, and then you hmm. put it all together and you subscribe to that bulletin board, you say, "Oh my God!" So what if they had done this right. with War of the Worlds? Oh, what if what well, if War of the Worlds had happened? It's kind of a when there were bulletin boards. You know, right. take it away from when when they first did it on the radio, right. and step it forward to when who would believe it? The internet, and then. Start running that through. I mm -hmm. mean, enough people bought it back in the day on the radio. That's a good example mm -hmm. because that's that is, exactly that's a very good example. That's exactly what Oscar. Uh, what's his name? Um, who is it? Switchy. Uh, you know uh, the guy who did the the guy who did Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson Welles. The guy. The only guy in Hollywood who sat at the top and worked his way to the bottom. But but you know, I mean, when he, when he did that, you know, the the best thing that ever happened to him was people believing it. Okay, oh, because yeah. he was all apologies, I'm sorry, and everything. Meanwhile, his name is around the world. You well, know he scared I mean? the hell out of yeah, a lot of people. Oh yeah, yeah, eight people died. You know, Only doing on that purpose thing, you know? as well. But but it's like the same kind of thing. You're right. You know, it's like oh my god, people are going to believe this. You know, and it, yeah, it took a life of its own. They're trying to sensationalize right. it because they want they want to breathe life into it. Right. Yeah. Father, are we crazy? What do you think? Is that a good explanation or what? He's speechless again. Father? Bless me, Father. <laughs> what do you, you think about that? Look at your take. What yeah. do you think? Well, I don't know. I, I have mixed emotions about everything. Mm -hmm. And mostly some of the things I have mixed emotions about are some of the things I don't truly understand. Mm -hmm. And sometimes to say that um, reveals, you know, uh, a lot in regards to who a person is. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Well, you know, like if we go back to, you know, if we go back to this idea that, hey, a lot of people together can generate this energy that can do really amazing things, okay? Uh, just be in a ballpark when the team has, you know, come back, you know, has sure. a comeback, you know, it's like there's something going on. A rock concert is another good example. Everyone is like into the same thing and you can almost feel it, you know, you can almost feel this thing uh, there. Now, you could say you that about. It is also. Um, go ahead. It, it's, it's a mass. Um, if you could visualize this, it's kind of a mass energy field that um, that's created by the massive by, by many people 
thinking and being at the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, everyone's perception can either be the same or, um, or way out there, if mm-hmm. you know what I'm referring to. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of people see a lot of things and a lot of things. You know, as you're saying, you know, some people can see the face of Jesus in the glass of, you know, and or, or on a piece of toast or whatever, you know, but there are people who just, they believe it. You know, they believe that is it. It's their faith. I guess, coming to the fore, you know, but, you know, if you see something that is like this, I keep going back to this vision in Egypt where they just see this woman, you know, up on top of this, the roof of this church. I mean, you can see it. It's, it's, I don't know. It's almost unexplainable. Well, Mac, you and Chopper Ops talked about a situation with the pilots flying in the aircraft and they're running out of fuel. But they were so dedicated into this mission, so focused on the mission, they kept going, and the aircraft stayed in the air. And I've been in near close really? experiences. Really? That was long I wrote, I wrote that when you and I met. <laughs> and I think that that is an extension of the same kind of thing that, that we're talking about. That if you are so wired, if you're so committed to what it is that you're doing, you tap into uh, power and capabilities that you normally do not have at your uh, at your uh, at your beck and call. Well, you hope it works. You know, you hope. That's the case, right? Well, it explains it? Um, the the term psychokinesis. You know, um, if you have a a belief system that uh, that you are not bound by any physical force, and you can actually literally make things travel from point A to point B, um, and of course this has been proven many times over, it's a real thing. And yeah. uh, I love that story about the about the, the two men in the, in the airplane and them running out of fuel, and yet because of their belief system, um, they just simply made it happen. And I don't think it had anything to do with the, with the physical mechanics of, of the engine itself. It, it, it went beyond that. And so as a result, I, I think it's a, it's a real wonder. Um, if, if I, I, I completely agree, Mr. Fraud, I completely agree with you. No. And, and, I, and I think what's cool about it is, is that Mac, when he wrote that, I don't think he was, was tapping into that. But he does this a lot in his work. I was tapping into something. I, and I love talking about Mac in the third person when he's <laughs> when he's in the studio. That's okay. great. He's on the show, and I'm talking about him in the third person. You know, uh, uh, I've written sixty-two books. I can't remember all of them. I mean, sixty-two. Wow. Yeah, sixty-two. Yeah, sixty-two. The thing about it is I'm that you know, way, way to suck up to the uh, bishop one one with the holy smoke reference. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm, wow. I'm really impressed, by the way. I yeah. truly am. Hey, uh, that, you know, that's really incredible. You must have an amazing mind. He does. His mind is incredible. If you've ever worked with him, and I have. <laughs> yeah, that's if you ever well, worked on his computer, and I have done that as well. well yes, I never worked you with know, him, but I live next door yeah, to him, sanit- so I know I, I've dealt with the he's, mind. Yeah. He's sanitized my computer a number of times. That's true. I don't think <laughs> I say working with it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Wow. Believe me, the whole creative force comes out of when – you know, someone gives you money to do it. Let's face it. And also, it took me maybe sixty-two books to to make the same amount of money like Stephen King makes. You know, maybe wow, a, in a novella. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not all created equal in the publishing world. All, but, all you need is one to be made into a movie. Oh, oh that, well, that's true. Okay, yeah. and it's not boom. about the money, Mac. Yeah, it's about, oh uh, yes, it's the about the money. To society, and that could be come on, Hollywood. <laughs> wouldn't that be cool, man? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then so I can say, cool. I knew him. I knew him when. Knew him when. I knew him when. I hear Stephen King has a problem. Yeah, well, they all have the problems. Best seat in the house at Fenway Park, right? Yeah. He walks around our our neighborhood and orders takeout food, 
He he shows up to during the summer and hangs out. What are you talking about? Stephen King. Stephen King comes to our neighborhood. What? Oh, sure Stephen King. I'm uh, coming to hang Archbishop out. Archbishop Stephen King lives. I've never seen him. Here. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know that, Stephen right? King is known to Maybe vacation. To show up at, well, yeah, some yeah, island? on the island. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I just okay. Yeah. You have to cut this out. I just found out that Derry, Maine, wasn't a real place, and I'm super embarrassed about it. What's the name That's of it? Okay. What? What place? I thought it was real this whole time. What? No. What? What? Tell us what. What did you think was confess? Real? Confess now. Derry. Dairy, Maine. I thought it was a real place. I looked it up on Google Maps, and it's not. There's no Dairy, Maine. Thousand pieces. I've been to Dairy, Maine. Yeah, where oh. there's Dairy, New it, Hampshire. Where the yes. kids in in it take place. Oh, is that? They, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Live. Yes, it is a crazy movie, man. That's a, that's a. I'll give them that much. That's it, and it too is a little real out there. Dairy, New Hampshire is real, and if it's I'm, like you know, if you go back to um, Alan Arkin doing the Russians are coming, there was okay. Gloucester Island. Yeah. Really you know, and there was no such thing as Gloucester Island. Right. Really, near it was Plum Island. Plum Island, right? It yeah, really right, was. Yeah. That's where they did the movie. Um, based on. Hey, Father, listen. When you and we got about three minutes left here. When is it? Is it a sin to go see a violent movie? To go see a, a bloody movie, a cruel depends, movie? Depends what kind of movie it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I've seen some love stories that are pretty violent. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah. it just really depends on what you consider violent, I guess. Mm -hmm. right. Could I it be? Can imagine like. Like, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a fiction violence is probably like, but like a snuff film is probably yeah, a no film. no, right. which is fine because I'm I'm good. I don't want to see that. You know? It's a pretty interesting leap that you made there, Ray. Well, right. I, I was going to just make the remark that you know this could have been a violence in the Old Testament, so uh, <laughs> you have to uh, you got to you got to cue everything up. Uh, right. That's true. <laughs> one, one last question. I don't I think there's any snuff film or no. snuff references in the uh, Old Testament, though. I'll leave that <laughs> no. to. Uh, Bishop Ron to, you never know. Uh, to handle right. those sick. Okay. I, I, don't think right. that, I don't think you'll find that in the Old Testament, but you'll find other horrible and, and incredible things, mystery uh, uh, murders and, and killings and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very violent I mean, book. What a book. If you had to rate the um, the Old Testament, I would probably rate it a, a definitely very strong uh, PG. Yeah, really? Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Not quite well, an hour. Okay, yeah. cool. That's why there used to be children's versions of the Bible because they had to get they had to filter some of that's the old. A great, that's a great idea. Hey. I have a book like that. It's a, it's all these children's stories based on the Bible, and they have they cite the scripture really? verses and everything. And it's uh, it's kind of sanitized, but it was given to me for uh, my confirmation. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a good. That's my a great. I hate to and say that, but that's a great. It was a very practical. And spiritual gift, and it worked out well. For yeah, see what it did, it did for you. It's a great marketing it idea. I, hey, listen, I follow uh, the tenets of the Bible all the time. <laughs> Seriously, Elvin, really he does. I've seen him in bars. Elvinado has a question. A quick one. We got two. Minutes. Father, real quick, um, Fatima, the third, the third prophecy of, of Fatima, the third secret, is, is not. You know, the Vatican is not releasing. Supposedly, what it, I mean is—is is there such a thing? Is it just? blown out of proportion yes. or yes yes it is and the third secret was supposed to be revealed in the early 60s yeah yes and um and uh there's so much that that i can say about this right. but uh if i do I, i'll be probably placed in a blacklist okay. and i have to look over my shoulder every once in a while because no, you know no. the secrets no. of the vatican are truly Secret. Secretive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But, but, but we, we should just <laughs> say that the the, the the surviving of the three kids wrote three letters of the, the the surviving person who saw the vision at Fatima wrote three letters, sent them to the Vatican, 
as prophecies. And they wrote, they read the first two, and I think it was against uh, predicting the war and stuff yeah, like, like World that. World War Two or something. And yeah. and they won't release right. the third one. And everyone's going, come on, why not? And and I know that there was a story that that um, it would be Pope Paul the first, okay, who was like the Pope for about a month. Supposedly he read it and had a heart attack. Can you confirm or deny that, Tom? That was John Paul. Talking about John Paul the first. John Paul the first, yeah, yeah. I heard a similar story regarding Bruce Lee in regards to the <laughs> yeah. Iron Fist. You know, uh, they killed he him. Revealed the secret of yep. Uh, yep. of the masters, and as a result, the uh, the Grand Master confronted him and gave him an Iron Fist blow. Oh. And it hit him in such a way that he didn't react. That is, Bruce Lee didn't react. But like a couple of weeks later, he dropped dead. Wow, huh? Okay, right. As a result of this blowing, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's a similar story. Well, you know, yeah. um, hmm. Crazy, maybe right? a little more action, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah right <laughs> enough, so. Well, it's yeah. a Bruce Lee movie. Well, listen, I, let me just thank everyone uh, for joining us. Father, thank you for joining us and enlightening us uh, spiritually and otherwise. Father Ron Fel- Enright, uh, is there uh, some place that people can find you? Yeah, I'm all over the internet. Just Google my name. Um, I do have a couple of websites, and I'm also offering seminary classes to clergy, uh, and that too is online. So, I mean, just to do an internet search, or the okay. Order of Exorcists is another uh, one of my uh, my websites. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Can if we need an exorcism, we can call you. Is that the angle? You you can call me anytime. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> you can call me Al. Okay. <laughs> Just don't call me too late. Write that down. Yeah, don't call me too late. <laughs> thank you, Father, for joining us. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Willie Club, for looking over us tonight. How is the security level? You know, really strong. We've been keeping a lot of uh, things out of here tonight, but it's, it's really strong. I, I got a vibe or something. That's a good show, right? <laughs> thank you for joining. Keeping us. it clean too. Yeah, absolutely. Coco, yeah. thank you, Coco. Thank you for joining us. You and the pig. And don't think that's I appreciate it. His name is Zeppelin, yeah. uh, and Zeppelin is safely moored in his bed, and he is asleep now. Mm-hmm. And it's always uh, thank you, Mac. Doesn't, doesn't it look like he has a parachute harness on? Look at his shirt. Yeah, yeah, he's ready to bail out anytime. He's ready to bail out. Okay. <laughs> he's bailing on us. That's, well, I that's thought fate. it was a straight jacket. Oh, him, maybe that's him and Zeppelin are taking a biggest club with You're fresh. Switchy, thank you very much, Switchy, and thanks for putting up the train wreck image. That's how we know My that player. the train. It's coming to the station. We wow, appreciate yeah, that. We, okay. we sure, we sure going off the rails. Hey, congratulations to Denny's. Their stock probably goes up every Tuesday morning, right? Because of you. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I'm going to go uh, to Denny's. Yes. I haven't been there for a while. One, one. Thank you as always. I'm saving the last, you the bet. best for last. Pleasure thank you. to be here. Okay. Pleasure to be anywhere. As a we'll talk. Of fact. Yeah, you might have to come and sanitize my computer again. Okay. Sometime soon. Okay. Thank you. I'm on it. Raven, it's the time of night we have to bid you adieu. That time. Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Yep. We all did. Okay. Hey, Everything thanks, okay Rita. with Friday and Scratch and Water, her dog and her cat? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Friday's right here. She's sitting on my other desk, and okay. Scotch is probably having a meltdown somewhere. There you go. Know. Okay. It's two to form. Uh, did you ever find out who threw your uh, chew out in the uh, hall the other night? Ghost? Nope. No? Wow. Nope. Okay. Never found out. Something grabbed my arm the next day, yep. and she emailed me about. I that. saged my house, so hopefully everything is good. She emailed Nothing me, and I said, "I'll happened. jump in my car. I'll pick up Juan. Juan, we're on our way. It's only a good what four yeah. or five hundred miles, right?" Come down. We'll yeah. go to we'll go to Beer Tree. We'll get some Finding okay. Big Pete's. Okay, guys, and, we'll, and you can do breakfast we'll at Denny's, and we can go to Denny's. Get all American Slam. Yep. And, and Denny's. We'll bring, yeah. we'll we'll bring, bring Zeppelin along for the. Oh. What do you want to tease them for? 
All right. Well, thank you. Thank you uh, very much for having me. We really appreciate it. Let me just do, quickly do the plugs now. Hey, if you want some uh, Mac Maloney Military X-Files swag, just go to macmaloney.com, hit our contact button, send us uh, your address, and we'll send you out. we got buttons. we got uh, bar coasters, badges, yeah, badges, badges, pins, the works. Okay, just go to macmaloney.com, hit contact, send us an email, and we'll ship it out quicker than Switch can have breakfast. Also... Uh, homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops is a military charity that um, builds homes for wounded veterans from the Afghan and the Iraqi war. Uh, they design and build these houses for them uh, to make it easier for them to get around, lower counter space, you know, better stairs, things along those lines. And then when they build them the house, they give them the keys, they tear up the mortgage, they, it's theirs forever. They deserve it, please. Homes for Our Troops. Just Google them and hopefully you know, give them a few bucks. Also, um, Ross Sharp and his mad Englishman friends are putting back together a war plane called the Mosquito from World War II, made of wood because they're running out of steel. They put two Rolls-Royce engines on it and it turned out to be the fastest thing in the war for two years. It was so fast that they didn't put machine guns on them because... Because you could outrun the bullets. You could outrun the bullets. Okay, that's how fast it's That's the people there, Mosquito. There you, are, there you are with your... Your uh, neckerchief, you know, blowing. And yeah, it's called the sky. Right. There's a bullet coming up and you just hit the gas. And, it is. You know, it's like, like a cartoon. It goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh, so they were putting together, uh, putting back together the, this mosquito kind of attack plane in Wanwan. They're going to start bringing up uh, civilians in it when it's uh, ready to fly. He's uh, volunteered to be the first civilian to go up in it without a parachute. Is I'll that right? Okay. I'll go up. Okay, you'll go up. You might come down too, but it, that's the difference, how you come down. That's true. That's the last um, one. And we'd be flying uh, not high enough for a parachute to be effective, right? Oh. It wouldn't be, there's no room for a parachute. You just jump out. Just jump out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. I can understand yeah. that. Okay, so uh, I guess that's the show. So uh, this is um, – did I say goodbye to everyone? Did I say goodbye to Close you? Close enough. Huh? Did Close I say enough. Goodbye? Okay, well, now always here. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Oh, no problem. Okay. I'm around. Thank you for coming I'm retired. Around. I can go anywhere. Everyone else I said goodbye to. So thanks, really, everyone, for joining us. And so this is uh, – Mac for the rest of the gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.